Well, once again, good morning and welcome to you. And we are glad that you are in the house of the Lord this morning. And congratulations for remembering to change your clocks, right? Congratulations for that. Well, there was a woman who was six months pregnant. She was six months pregnant and all of a sudden she fell into a deep coma. Well, she fell into this deep coma while pregnant and three months later, so full term, she wakes up out of the coma. The first thing she asked the doctor is, what happened to my baby? The doctor said, no need to worry. Congratulations, you actually had twins. She said, that's wonderful. And she said, well, when can I name them? The doctor said, well, actually, it's a good thing that your brother was here in town. He named the children for you. She thought to herself, well, doctor, this isn't really good. You see, my brother's not so intelligent, and I'm really concerned about what he named the children. The doctor smiled and said, well, the girl, they had, she had twins, a girl and a boy. The girl's name is Denise. The mother thought, okay, well, that's not bad. Fine. So what did he name the boy? Well, the doctor said he named the boy the nephew. <laughs> Denise and the nephew. <laughs> All right, well, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Judges chapter 13? Judges chapter 13, and the title of the message this morning is It's Going to Happen. It's Going to Happen. Judges chapter 13, and it's verses 1 to 5. And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word. Judges chapter 13, starting from verse 1 to verse 5. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was unable to have children and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are unable to have children, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean, because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is going to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth, and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time that we can be in your house and learn more from you. We pray, Lord, for your blessing upon your word and that you would speak. May your Holy Spirit move and have your way, O oh God, and may you help us to respond obediently to what you would have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Now, you are probably aware 
that the Israelites were God's chosen people. The people that God had chosen and had set apart and had blessed. And they had been faithful to him at different points. But even throughout their disobedience to God at many different points, God still remained faithful to them. He had delivered them, provided them, protected them, given them victories, given them land that he had promised, and over and over, God's blessing, God's faithfulness was upon them. But unfortunately, the Israelites continued to do evil. They continued at different points to turn their back on God, and that consisted of doing their own thing, worshiping pagan gods, and they just did evil at different points. You see, even though they were God's chosen people, as a consequence to their evil and their sinfulness, it tells us in verse 1 that God punished them by delivering them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That is the entire generation for 40 years. That's a very long oppression. Regardless of the fact that they were God's chosen people, they still suffered the consequences of their actions. They still suffered the consequences because they had chosen to turn against God and to sin. And you see, even though they were blessed, even though they were chosen, God punished them because of what they had done by handing them over to the Philistines for 40 years. You see, God does not allow evil to go unpunished. God does not allow evil to go unpunished. We may think the characteristics of God are love, our mercy, our grace, our compassion, all of those things, which he is all of those things. But we cannot ignore the fact that God is a God of justice. God is a God of justice, and he brings about judgment in time. And we need to remember that. God has already told us that anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism in Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. God does not and he cannot turn a blind eye to sin. You see, as Christians, we walk around and yes, we are forgiven by God, but because we are forgiven, because we are under grace, because he shows us mercy time and time again, it does not give us the right to live the way we want and expect that there will be no consequences for it. God tells us that we are to be obedient to him. God cannot pretend that something didn't happen, but he will deal with it. And we can rest assured that no matter who we are, whether we're lay people, pastors, missionaries, doctors, teachers, work in a factory, whatever we do, that God treats us, each and every one of us, the same 
and we must come humbly before him. We must come before God, seek his forgiveness, and turn from our sinfulness. That is what he expects from us, to sincerely ask him to help us overcome the sins, the temptations that surround us, and that constantly come against us. But the good news is this, that he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness when we come before him and we confess those sins. Amen? That although he is a God of justice, that he brings about that justice, he is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. But we cannot just live the way we want and think that we can get away with it. In the same way when things happen in our lives, when people do us wrong, it's not for us to go and to take revenge. It's not for us to go out of our way and repay evil for evil. For God sees all, he knows all, and he will deal with it accordingly. So we must trust in him, we must look to him, and he is willing to forgive us. All we need to do is come before him and simply ask sincerely. You see, to ask someone to forgive for something that you have done wrong is one thing. But to truly mean it is another thing. Have you ever received an insincere apology? Have you ever had someone say that they're sorry when really you knew that they weren't sorry? When really they were just saying it for the sake of saying it? You see, true repentance is changed behavior. True repentance is changed behavior. When we are truly repentant, when we are truly sorry for the things that we have done, we make it a point to do our best to stop doing the same thing over and over and over again. That doesn't mean that we will never mess up. It doesn't mean that we will never do wrong. It doesn't mean that we will never sin. But we have an intentional reason. We intentionally act and try our best not to allow ourselves to fall into the same sin over and over again. You see, God knows our hearts. And he knows when we are truly repentant. Are there things in your life that you need to say, God, I've been holding on to for too long. God, I've been doing this and doing that. Are there things in your life this morning that you need to say, God, help me to overcome. Help me to stop doing. Help me to stop going there. Help me to stop talking to this person because it's leading to sin. Help me to stop doing these things that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I need to stop. Help me. And you know the beautiful thing is, is that when God forgives us, it says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. When God forgives, he forgets. You ever had someone say that they forgive you, but they throw things in your face from time to time? You see, oh, well, this, remember when you did this to me? You know, it could be 20 years ago, but they bring it up still. God doesn't do that. 
When God forgives, he forgets and he moves on. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. And if there are things this morning that you need to ask him to forgive, I challenge you and I encourage you, don't leave before you make things right. Don't leave before you come and you ask God, Lord, help me to take care of these things. Forgive me for the wrongdoings that I have done. Purify my heart. Help me so that I don't continue on. So the Israelites continued to do wrong, and because of that, God delivered them into the hands of the Philistines, their enemy, for over 40 years. He continuously gave them over because of what they had done. We're told of a man named Manoah who had a wife who was childless. That is, that she was unable to have children. And to understand the culture of the day, you need to understand that in those days, it was the woman's responsibility. It was the woman's duty to have children and to take care of the family and the house. And so unlike today where many women don't have children because of choice or they have careers or other things, in those days for a woman to not be able to have children, it was looked upon as a shameful thing. It was looked upon as such a shame that basically it was like saying she's not able to perform her duties as a wife or as a woman. For her to not be able to have children was such a shame to her and to her whole family. And in verse 3, it tells us that the angel of the Lord appears to her and says, You are barren and childless, but, I am go- but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Think about that. You are barren and you are childless. You cannot have children, but you are going to give birth to a son. Now, in my mind, that doesn't make sense. Anyone agree with me? That doesn't make sense. For the angel of the Lord to come to her and say, you are barren, you are childless, basically you can't have children, but you are going to have a child. You see, the angel came to her and first acknowledged her situation. The angel comes and tells her, I acknowledge your situation, that you are barren and that you are childless. But number two, he tells her, but I am going to change that. You are going to have a son. You are going to have a child. Although Manoah's wife knew her situation, she knew her circumstances, she knew that they had been trying to have a child for so long but were unable to do so, God told her otherwise. You see, when God says that it's going to happen, it's going to happen. When God says that he is going to change your situation, he's going to change your situation. When God says that he is ready to move you from here to there, he will move you from here to there. Manoah's wife knew her situation. She knew that she was not able to have children, but God came and he told her, Otherwise, he said, it's going to happen. 
You see, God alone has the power to completely change your situation. He has the power to turn things around in your life. And when he says it's going to happen, we need to believe him. We need to take God at his word because he is not a man that he should lie. But we need to trust in him. There have been many kings, many presidents, prime ministers, governors, all of those people in leaderships. But Psalm 145, verse 13, says this, for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Are there things in your life today that you need him to do? Come on, wake up, talk to me. Are there things in your life today that you need God to do? Are there things that you are waiting for? Are there answers that you are waiting for? Are there prayers that you have prayed for so long that you say, God, I need you to answer? Are there people that you have been praying for to come to the Lord that you say, God, I don't know if they're ever gonna come. Are there situations in your life that have caused you sleepless nights, that have caused you stress, that you say, God, I don't know when this is going to change. You see, God says it's going to happen, and it's going to happen. When he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And we need to believe him. The Lord spoke to Manoah's wife and told her this. He spoke to her and said, this is what's going to happen. The same God who spoke creation into being, that by his word healed those who were sick, calmed raging storms, the same God who by his word cast out demons, said that I am going to change your situation. And I believe someone here needs to receive that. Someone here needs to acknowledge that and claim that. That God, I've been going through this for too long, but it's time. You said it's going to happen and it's going to happen. You said that you were going to change that, and you are going to change that. You said my healing is on its way, and it's going to happen. We need to look to God and to trust his word, to trust him. He says to you this morning, I see your situation, but I am able to change it. I see your finances, but I will provide for you. I see your desire to get married, but I will provide the right person for you. I see that you want to have a child and you can't, but I will open your womb. I see your job situation, but I'm preparing a job for you, trust me. I see that healing that you need and it is coming. I see those things and it is on its way. We need to trust the Lord that he will do in his time what he knows best. We need to trust him. He is a God who changes situations. He is a God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. He is a God who can turn nothing into something. The same God who turns coal into diamonds, who turns sand into pearls, who turns things around. The same God who turns, turns worms into butterflies is the God who is able to change your situation. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? You see, we need to trust that it's going to happen 
because God's word will not return void, and we need to trust it. And we need to stop wishing that your situation was different. You know, we need to stop wishing that our situation was different and start praying because we serve a God and not a genie. We can't be wishing but praying and trusting in our God. After the angel of the Lord told Manoah's wife that she will give birth to a son, he gave her some very specific instructions. In verses 4 and 5, he says, Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. Verse 5 says, You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. You see, Manoah's wife was chosen by God to have this son. This son who was going to deliver the people. That son, who we later learn is Samson, was chosen by God to be the one to actually lead the people, lead in delivering the people. And so both these individuals were chosen. They were chosen for a special purpose. And in them being chosen, there were certain things that God told them they were not able to do. He had a special purpose for them. And so because of that special purpose, there were certain things that they were not supposed to do. You see, when you are chosen by God... There are sometimes things that you are not going to be able to do, and that's okay. But we need to get rid of and stay away from the things that make us unclean. From the things that make us unclean. As Christians, we are the church, and that is translated in the Greek as the called out ones. The ones that are called out. That means that God has chosen us, his church, to be those who are set apart, to be holy, set apart for God's specific plan and his purpose. And by being set apart, by being God's chosen people, there are certain things that we're not going to be able to do. There are certain places that we're not going to be able to go. There's certain language that we're not going to be able to use. There are certain TV shows and certain music that we are not going to be able to listen to and watch because we need to understand that God has chosen us to be different. And if God has chosen you to be different, stop trying to act like everyone else. Stop trying to be like everyone else. Stop trying to fit in when God has made you to stand out. Stop trying to be like the world when he has called us to be apart from the world, to be different, to be an example to them. And we cannot be an example when we live and when we act and when we do the same things that they are doing. He has called us to be different. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. You see, you have been chosen to be set apart. No matter who you are, some people think, well, I haven't been called like a pastor 
pastor has been called. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you are a pastor preaching in front of 500 people or if you are the person who volunteers in the nursery, but you have a special purpose in God's kingdom. And you are chosen. We are are his children. We are his chosen people. And he has a special purpose for each and every one of us. And so because we have a special plan and purpose, there are certain things that we cannot do because there are certain things that we need to stay away from to keep ourselves holy, to keep ourselves as examples, to keep ourselves blameless and righteous, and so that others can watch and see, and so that we can glorify God in all that we say and we do. And so maybe today you need to get rid of some of those things. You need to stay away from some of those things that are making you unclean, knowing that you are chosen chosen by God, certain movies, television shows, music, alcohol, cigarettes, non-prescription drugs, places of entertainment, nightclubs, casinos, bars, maybe even there are certain people in your life that you need to start staying away from because they are leading you to sin, because they are leading you to do wrong, because they are negative influences in your life. You see, you are chosen, and you need to stop acting like everyone else, but start acting like the child God has created you to be. You were meant to be different. So what about you? What about you? Are there things in your life, unconfessed sins, things you need to ask God to help to forgive you for, to forgive you of, things that you need to ask God to help you to have the strength to overcome because God does not allow evil to go unpunished? Are there situations in your life that are overwhelming that you need to ask God to help change? Are there things that you have been waiting for so long for God to do that you've given up hope, that you've lost all hope, that you've lost all faith, but you need to claim this morning and say, God, you said it's going to happen, and I claim that it is going to happen. Are you in different uh, circumstances in your life? Are you surrounded by things that are keeping you from having a deeper relationship with God? But knowing that you are chosen, are there things that you need to ask God to help you to get rid of and to stay away from because you are chosen and you are his people? Are there things that you need to get rid of? This morning, I want to challenge you. You can put the closing slide on there, Raven. If there are things that you need to come before the Lord and ask him to help you with, whatever it may be in these different ways, you come. I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes we give these altar calls and it can feel like, you know, I don't want to come to the altar because I'm worried about what somebody else will say about me. Don't worry about what someone will say about you because at the end of the day, it's about you and God and your relationship alone. And so do not leave here without coming and making things right with God. If there are things you need to say, God, forgive me of, 
I need to make things right, you come. If there are things that you need to say, God, I've been waiting so long for, and I need to claim that victory in Jesus' name, you come and you claim it because he said it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. Or if you need to say, God, I know that there are things that I need to get rid of. I've been trying for so long in my own strength, but today I give it over to you, and I say, God, enough is enough. I was made different, and I'm going to get rid of it. You come. Would you stand? Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for who you are and that you are gracious, that you are forgiving, that you are merciful and compassionate, and that you forgive us, Lord, time and time again, even when we may not feel like we deserve to be forgiven. But we thank you for your forgiveness, for your love that knows no limits, no boundaries, that is never ending. And we pray, Father, for, for the many here today who are waiting for that victory, who are waiting for that prayer to be answered, who are waiting for their situation to be changed. And we know, Father, that you are a way-making God. And so this morning we pray that miracles would happen, that you would open up doorways, that you would continue, Father, to do that which you know best to do. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, to be clean vessels, to be those who you have called to be set apart, that you would help get rid of the things that are hindering us, that are holding us back, that are causing us to be like the rest of the world, that are causing us, Lord, to be unclean. We pray that you would help us to get rid of it. Enough is enough, and it's time, oh God. So Lord, may you challenge your people, and may you help each one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.